God is so very good to us. I appreciate the, the great singing this morning. And, you know, uh, we, we must never, ever get over the fact that God loves us despite the fact we don't deserve it. And that's what is so amazing about God's grace is that when we don't think we deserve it, and the truth is we don't deserve it, it's when God is readiest to give it. Uh, so this morning, I want to continue our uh, thinking this month about harvest, and uh, talked a couple weeks ago about preparing for the harvest, and now I want to talk about reaping a great harvest for the Lord. If you have your Bibles, you'd be looking for Ezekiel chapter 34. We're going to read verses 25 through 31 this morning. Um, you know, it's exciting to, to plant, and uh, it's a lot of work, too. Uh, and to take care of a garden and do all the things that you have to do. And when you do it, you really have to love doing it, uh, because it is a lot of work. But all that work pays off after, you know, several weeks. What begins to happen? Fruit begins to pop up. Vegetables begin to pop up. Whatever, there's a harvest. There's things to collect. And that really, uh, you know, so you see the, 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 the fruit of your labor very really in a very real way. And so I want us to know that God loves us so much. And that God desires to work in our lives and change us in such a way that we see God do great things in our life. And we know that as we pray and as we worship, as we serve God, as we grow closer to him, Jesus said, listen, you will know that uh, you'll know them by their fruit. And, you know, people say, well, you know, I don't judge people, but God says, you know what, you're supposed to be able to tell people whether they follow God or whether they don't by the fruit that they bear. And can I tell you that if you've been changed by God, if you know God's grace and his redemption, you bear godly fruit. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. So look with me at these seven verses in Ezekiel uh, chapter 34. He says, I will make a covenant of peace with them and cause wild beasts to cease from the land and they will dwell safely in the wilderness and sleep in the woods. I will make them and the places all around my hill a blessing and I will cause showers to come down in their season. There shall be showers of blessing." Then the trees of the field shall yield their fruit, and the earth shall yield her increase. They shall be safe in their land, and they shall know that I am the Lord when I have broken the bands of their yoke and delivered them from the hand of those who enslaved them. Verse 28, And they shall no longer be a prey for the nations, nor shall beasts of the land devour them, but they shall dwell safely, and no one shall make them afraid. And I will raise up for them a garden of renown, and I, they shall no longer be consumed with hunger in the land, nor bear the shame of the Gentiles anymore. Thus they shall know that I, the Lord their God, am with them. And they, the house of Israel, are my people, says the Lord God. You are my flock, the flock of my pasture, 
You are men and I am your God, says the Lord. So what a great and marvelous thing it is when we understand that God desires for us to know him and to love him and to make him know. This is the thing we, you know, say, you sing that song a lot of times in imitations, just as I am. And there's great truth in that song that Jesus will take you just as you are. You know, I've known people and people say, well, preacher, I know I need Jesus in my life and I need to get right and I need to be in church, but I got things I got to straighten up first. And maybe some of you have said that. But can I tell you what the truth is? You can't clean yourself up first. You can't fix the things that are wrong with you by yourself. But there is one who can fix the things that are wrong with you. And there is one who can make you whole. And his name is Jesus. And Jesus will take you just exactly as you are, but you rest assured he will not leave you like he found you. You will be changed. If you know now you're not going to be perfect this side of glory. But you will be changed. You'll be different. And you'll be coming more and more and more different. Well, when I first met Leslie, I said, that girl sure is odd. And the more that I know her, the odder she gets. And that's not, but I love her, and she says the same about me. But you know, there ought to be some differences that people see in us as God changes our life. You see, the thing is that Jesus found you, and he took you just as you are, and he made you into something beautiful, something good. And here's the thing, there's people all around you in your workplace and in your family and in your neighborhood that were broken just like you once were. And here's the truth, and this is what the gospel is, is that if Jesus can clean you up, and if Jesus can clean me up and put me back together again, Jesus can put anybody back together again. And you see those people in our families and in our neighborhoods and in our workplaces that are broken they need to know. Now, they're not going to come. They're not going to hear a marvelous sermon preached by me or someone else. But you know what they are going to see? They're going to see you. And they're going to see the, the fruit that's hanging off of you. They're going to see the harvest that the Lord is working in your life. And this is what's going to happen. God's going to begin turning in their life and calling them. And they're going to begin questioning, saying, you know what? If the Lord can change Aaron Baldridge, and you can put your name in, if the Lord can save Sony, maybe he can save me too. And maybe he'd love me too. And the thing is that God does love. The Bible says God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And God hasn't stopped loving. Even though this world has gotten crazier and crazier, God still loves this world. He still loves people. He still loves everyone. He died for everyone. That whosoever would call upon the name of the Lord would be saved. And so God intends for there to be a harvest in your life. And I want to dispel, you know, I'm not talking about, 
you know, this health, wealth, and prosperity gospel. It's like, well, preacher's going to say, if I'm living right, I'm going to have all these. No, that's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying, if God is working in your life and God is transforming you, there is some fruit, there's harvest that's coming. That, that There's fruit ready to pick and fruit that's visible. And so we want to talk about uh, this harvest this morning. The first thing I want to see is that when God uh, changes us and transforms us, that there is a harvest of blessing. There is a harvest of great blessing. Ezekiel ministered in a time when the nation of Israel was being taken captive and Ezekiel was sent to them to, to call the people back to the Lord, uh, to warn them that, and then tell them, listen, you're going to be taken captive, but God hasn't cast you all out. There's still hope, and, and if you'll turn to him, he can restore you. And that's still the message. You see, the gospel message is found in the Old Testament, and it's found in the New Testament. It's just more fully explained in the New Testament. But God's grace and God's transforming power are found throughout the, the pages of the Old Testament because we serve a God who is a transforming God. And again, if he can transform me and if he can transform you, he can transform anyone if they'll let him. And so Ezekiel says, you know what? There's going to be some blessings from following the Lord. Well, what are the blessing fruits that we need to see that are harvested in our life? Well, one... That Ezekiel mentions, and we should find in our life, if we're walking with the Lord and God is working in our life, we should find the blessing of peace. You know, God intends for you to have peace in your life. Now, peace is not the absence of troubles. You know, in my little poor arm, I've got troubles the last couple weeks. And, you know, it, it, but things aren't, you know, the, and say, well, uh, you know, I'm walking with the Lord and trying to serve him and yet there's more month than there is money or you know I'm trying to serve and yet all these things but you see regardless of what's going on in your life when God is transforming and changing you there's peace because peace does not come from our circumstances it comes from knowing the prince of peace and if the Prince of Peace lives inside of you, if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Bible says that there's peace that should abide in your life. Not the absence of trouble, but the calmness and knowing that God's still in control even in the midst of trouble. But probably the greatest example of this that I've ever seen earlier, uh, this, I think it was earlier this year, it may have been last year now, you know, time flies, and with COVID, and our, you know, sorry, but anyway, uh, I think it was last year now that I think about it, a uh, tornado hit in, outside of Birmingham, Alabama, uh, in a little community uh, kind of on the outskirts north of Birmingham. And as that tornado came, it went across a trailer park, uh, and within this land where these trailers were, it was five different trailers with five different parts of the same family in it. And that family lost a mom and a dad or a grandfather and a grandmother, and then the daughter of that one and then a child were all killed. And one was severely injured and was in ICU. And I had the privilege of talking with that family 
and understandably they were heartbroken they had lost their homes but they had also lost their loved ones so they had been hit hard by grief and do you know what without almost exception what they told me was you know what God's still good and God is with us and as they had a funeral there for for that family they had this just one service for all three of them and you know, that was the constant message. And family members that had lost their mother and father and their sister stood up at the pulpit and testified of God's goodness and his grace. They had just gone through and were going through literally hell on earth. And yet they were able to stand and say, God is good. And God is with us. And God will give us the strength to help us to carry on and move ahead. They had peace. And the reason they had peace was because they knew Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Now, was it hard? I can tell you, there was more crying at that funeral than I'd seen in a long time. Understandably so. Uh, they had casket, and they'd go through it, which that's never advisable, but anyway. And there were several people that, I mean, they had to go and hold up and, and help to their seat because they were so distraught. And understandably so. And yet, even in the midst of that sadness, there was peace. And when you know Jesus, there ought to be a harvest of peace in your life. The opposite of peace is worry. Trembling and fear. Those are things that the Holy Spirit of God casts out of our life and replaces with fear. Not that there, again, not, not everything is great. But there's peace that surpasses understanding, even when things are horrible. Another blessing that, that God sends as we walk in, and that we know Him is provision. You know what? When you're walking with God and God is... It, it may not mean that you have a steak every meal, but this is what it does mean. It means you don't go hungry. And as I look around, they're not one of us that couldn't stand missing a meal or two. Amen? But God provides. It may not be what we want, but God provides. God sends what we need. And not only does he send what we need, a lot of times he sends what we want. Just to show how good he is. And I think, you know, uh, all, all of my grandparents are gone on to the Lord now, but, uh, you know, I always think of, of Grandma and Grant. We'd go to their house for Thanksgiving, Christmas, and those kind of things, and Grandma was a really good cook. Uh, and we've tried some of her recipes, and they never turn out quite like, I don't know what she left out or what she did different, but it never turns out exactly like Grandma's. But it's still pretty good. But grandma could cook. But you, 
And you know, the turkey and the stuffing that we have, you all have dressing, but we have stuffing. And I think if you tried it, you would find stuffing's a lot better, but that's, that's neither here nor there. But let me tell you, friend, that even no matter how good that lunch was, you know what the best part was? Grandma's banana pie, or apple cake, or pumpkin pie, or, you see, Grandma didn't know how to make just one thing. And she didn't know how to make just a little. She made all kinds of pies and cake and cookies and you know, all kinds of great things. Now, the, the meal itself would have been enough, but the dessert was to top it off. And that's how God works in our life. God will make sure we have what we need. And then just to say, hey, listen, let me show you what I can do, he throws in a pie. He throws in extra blessing because he's that good. But you see, God's goodness is not dependent upon the things that we have. His goodness and his great blessing is simply him loving us and calling us his. Because, you see, as, as great as Grandma's cooking was, and, you know, the, the greatest thing wasn't the food. The greatest thing was Grandma's love and her hugs. And, and every one of us grandkids and, and, and their, my aunts and uncles and my mom knew that they were loved, that they were part of the family. And Grandma and they were, uh, my great-grandma, great-grandma Jensen, uh, I remember she was one of the most hospitable people on earth. She never met a stranger, and you never went to her house where she didn't have a dessert or and coffee or something. Uh, you know, so you knew if you went to her house, you were eating something before you got out of there. That's how God is. God doesn't meet a stranger. And he doesn't cast out anybody that wants to visit. He won't let anybody come that wants to come. Isn't that marvelous? And here's another blessing of belonging and knowing that Jesus Christ is with us and we're part of him. And so there's a harvest of great blessing when we know him. But secondly, I want to see that there is also not only a harvest of great blessing, but there is a harvest of great bounty. You see, God gives and gives and gives, not just material things, but God works in our life to make sure that we have what we need and not just what we have to scrape by, but to have abundantly. Now, that doesn't mean material possessions always. And There's this old hymn, we say, count your blessings, name them one by one, and it might just surprise you to see what the Lord has done. And you know what, all of us, and we'll, uh, next month, you know, it's Thanksgiving, and we'll spend next month uh, kind of being thankful. And by the way, we should be thankful all the time, not just the month of November. Uh, and we just praise the Lord for his goodness. But you know what, the Lord gives us far more than what we deserve. And far more than what we work. I talked about, as we talked about preparing for the harvest, you know, when you plant seeds in the ground... You put one seed in, you don't just get one pepper or tomato or whatever it is that you, that seed was. 
you get lots and lots and lots. So if you sow a bunch of bunch of seeds, guess what's going to happen? You're going to have bunches and bunches and bunches and bunches of whatever that seed was. And here's the thing, and how that works out in our life, and what Ezekiel wants is trying to get the children of Israel to realize is that when God plants within us this peace and blessing and provision and all these things that God gives us, it doesn't just stay one. It flourishes. And here's what God does. When we take that harvest and we say, you know what, yeah, I've plucked off this, uh, you know, carrot. In natural world, when we pluck that carrot out of the ground, another carrot doesn't pop in its place. But here's what God does. When we plop that blessing and we share it with someone else, guess what happens? That carrot becomes two carrots or three carrots. That, and we have three left over when we just started with one. Now that doesn't make much sense. And that doesn't work with people math. If you start off with uh, one slice of pie and you give the, half of that piece of pie to Leslie, guess what? You got half a slice of pie. Now here's a key though, if it's apple pie and you give Leslie half, she'll give that half back so you'll still have a whole piece. <laughs> she don't like apple pie. She's crazy. Uh, but listen, friends, when God gives, when you give half that piece away, when you come back, you've got a whole pie where you just start with one slice. And that's how God works in our life. And it's not this that, you know, we can, you know, like I've heard some preachers say, you know, listen, you send me $10 and I'm going to send you this prayer rag that I've prayed over. And God's going to take that $10 you sent me and God's going to send you tenfold to give you. That's crazy. That's not how God works. But when you do give $10 to the Lord's work, you get more back in benefit. God says, you know what? Because you gave, I'm going to look out for you and you're going to find your blessings. It may not be $100 that shows up. It might be something else, some other way that God sends blessing. Because when we take our harvest and we give it away to bless others, God gives us even more blessing. Because he is a great and gracious and a loving God. And as great as this harvest of uh, great blessing and of great bounty are, the last bit of harvest that we want to talk about this morning is perhaps the greatest. It's a harvest of great belonging. You see, the greatest thing about being transformed by God and living for him is not stuff. It's not even the peace that surpasses understanding. It's simply belonging to God. For God to say, you know what? He's mine. To say, she's mine. And I claim her. You know, we all have some relatives that we would assume not claim. Uh, God doesn't behave that way. He'll claim us all no matter our past. 
and it'll transform and make us new. And part of the, one of the greatest transformations that God makes in your life when you become a child of His is you belong. You see, He says, listen, you are a part of God's family. You, you may, you didn't know. You were enslaved. You were, had all these things that were wrong, and yet now you're safe and people aren't going to seek after you. You're not going to be hungry anymore. You're not going to be overtaken and oppressed by the Gentiles. But here's the thing. This is what he says. He says, I'm going to do these things so that others will know that you are mine. You see, as God works in your life and as fruit begins to pop up in your life, it tells others that, hey, listen, that person's different. Now, it shouldn't be that we walk around and be, behave as we're holier than thou or that we look down on people. Jesus didn't behave that way. Jesus was God. And yet he didn't think it unworthy of himself to sit down with some tax collectors, some lepers, some sinners that were just downright sinners. Jesus wasn't embarrassed to call them friends. He wasn't embarrassed to eat with them or to work in their life. And what does this have to do with it? anything? Well, here's the thing. It's a wonderful thing to be a part of God's family. It is a wonderful thing to know that you are loved and chosen by God. And that when you have troubles, and when you, even when you've made mistakes, even when you've fallen, even when you've brought great reproach upon his name, that he loves you, and that he can offer forgiveness, and he can bring restoration, and he can continue that transforming power that only comes from God. And that is a great blessing to be a part of, of God's family. So we have a lot of blessings and a lot to, to harvest and be thankful for because of God's great love for us. But here's the point, and hear this. This is the whole point of this whole message. God has blessed you and God is transforming you so that you can help him transform others. God is not blessing you and doesn't make you belong so you can put a plaque on the wall. He has blessed you so that you might be a blessing to others. That others would see your fruit and how God is working in your life. And then say, you know what, how can you worship God and, and proclaim His goodness when things aren't very good in your life? And you have the opportunity then to, to give testimony how God is changing and working in your life and how even in the midst of great tragedy you can proclaim, as Job proclaimed, I know my Redeemer lives. And here's the thing, he's not only your redeemer, he wants to be the redeemer of all.
Peter says God's not willing that any would perish, but that all would come to repentance. But you see, and God's offered that to anyone. But in order to receive the benefit, the harvest of what God can do as he transforms your life, is you have to receive it. And you have to cooperate with it. You have to stay in the, the harvest field, if you will. As long as we're connected to Jesus, and Jesus is working on changing our life, and he's constantly doing that this side of heaven, as long as you're above dirt, God is working a transforming work in your life. He's making you into something much different than you. He's making you to be a reflection of Jesus. And that will be fully realized when you stand in heaven, when you get to eternity. But in, as long as you're breathing, God's working on changing and transforming you. And part of how God transforms you is by your obedience to him and, and by your sharing the blessings and the harvest that God's put in your life with others. And so my challenge to you in, in your homework, if you will, is I want you to find one person this week that you can share the blessings that God has given to you with. It may be a neighbor, it may be a family member, it may be a stranger. But I want to challenge you this week, find one person with who you can share God's bounty. It may be a, in the form of a smile, it might be in a kind word, it might be in a casserole, it might be, a, you know, however it might be. But I want to challenge you, as God, because here's what's going to happen. As you know God's blessings and you celebrate those things and then you pass them on, guess what's going to happen? God's going to continue to work in your life and he's going to work in your life even more. Not as, don't do it as home, because you have to. But God desires that you do it because you want to. And here's what, you know, I found this to be true, and you probably found it to be true too. When you give something away, there's more joy in the giving away than there is in getting a lot of times. And we as God's people need to do a lot more giving away. Because God has given us so much. And he's given you so much so that you can share it with others. So that they can see God's transforming power in their life just the way that God's transforming and changing you. Only God can do that. This world can't do that. But Jesus can. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your goodness and your love to us. Lord, we thank you that, Lord, if we walk with you and, uh, Lord, allow you to work in our life, we reap a great harvest. Lord, we thank you that you are so loving and gracious to us and you provide so much to us. And Lord, so often we fail to take time to thank you. So help us this morning just to pause for a minute just to say thank you. If Lord, if there's one here that, that doesn't know you, they say, you know what, as you've talked about this harvest of blessing, I don't see those things in my life, but I would like to. Lord, if there be one here today or one watching on the internet that would say, you know what, I want, I don't have that, but I want it in my life. Would you speak to them? 
Would you help them to call upon you? To simply say, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. And I pray you'd forgive me. I know Jesus Christ paid the the penalty for my sin on the cross. And I received that free gift right this very moment. Ask you to be the Lord of my life. And transform me. Lord, maybe there's some of those here today that you are transforming. Lord, you're working in their life and you're doing great things. And the message to them today is take those blessings and share them so that the harvest might be even more. Lord, it's a mystery to us how we can give and yet have more left over when we give away what you've given to us. Lord, help us to be a gratefully giving people. Help us to be your hands and feet. May we find one person this week, Lord. Help us to find one who we can share how you're transforming our life and how as you're transforming our life, you can transform theirs as well. How you don't ask us to clean ourselves up before we come to you, but you just ask we come just as we are so that you can change us and make us something new. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Let's stand together, friend, and if God spoke into your heart and there's a decision you need to make today, maybe make it. Maybe it's that, you know what, you need to take time to pray for somebody that the Lord's laid on your heart and say, Lord, help me to have an opportunity to minister to this person this week that you would change their life the way you're changing mine. As we sing, you obey the Lord this morning.